Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Michael Andonisio, Tom Bradley, and me, Mark Clemente. Lots to discuss this week. A ton happening in Pittsburgh sports, and because of time constraints, we're not going to be able to get to it. Pirates, the young players are playing well. Uh, they're doing what they need to do. We're seeing some development there. The pitching, the starting pitching has been phenomenal. Third best starting pitching staff since the All-Star break in terms of ERA. Uh, so we could spend some time on that. We don't have it. So at the end of the year, we'll do a nice sort of recap, recap of the season. season. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a yeah. nice recap. But for now, rest assured, we're watching, we're paying attention. Uh, we're seeing what these young kids are doing. And, and quite, honest, quite honestly, it's impressive. Uh, Penguins open camp, Tommy, last Thursday. Nothing really to report yet. They played the, the Columbus Blue Jackets so far, um, but really not deep enough yet into camp to really start saying anything. And, you know, are any of the young players making a move to, to ultimately make the squad? Uh, what are we seeing from the defensemen, the new defensemen that are in? Uh, once again, don't have time. We'll make a point next week because they'll be that much further into camp and we're getting that much closer to the start. When is the first game? October I think 6th? we're. I think we're uh... – we're yeah, two weeks we're, away at this we're about point. Two weeks away. Yeah. Now. So we'll, I mean, they have 58 guys at camp, and there's only 20 guys. Yeah. Going, yeah. You know, so yeah. I mean, they're, we're still too early for that. We yeah. still I mean, got a little bit to go. We're unpacking everything. Pitt yep. basketball started. Right. Practicing yesterday. I'm uh, actually optimistic about pit basketball. I didn't even think about them one coming. One way to this. go, baby. That's well, true. Only one, one, one way direction. to go. But I mean, they fooled me before, so we'll see. But I, I think they have some pieces this year. We'll talk about that as once again as we get closer. Right. So rest assured, we're going to get to all those. But in the interest of time, it's all about football still. Uh, and so we're going to start with the Steelers and uh, the clunker of last Thursday against the Browns. Um, more of the same. Uh, that was the Nick Chubb show, plain and simple. Uh, Steelers could not stop Nick Chubb. And unfortunately, on offense, they couldn't get the running game going yet again. If you can't run the ball, you can't stop the run. You're not going to have much success in the NFL. Well, that was a tale of two halves, right? Uh, first half, the Steelers' offense looked decent. I mean, like we you said, were seeing there's, progress. There's two halves. Yeah. To every game. Tommy said it last week. Right. The Browns are going to try to run the ball down the Steelers' right. throat. That's exactly what they did. Yep. They got one of the best offensive lines in the league. You got two-headed backfield. Well, with, speaking of that, it's not often that you see Cam Hayward being bitched by anybody, and I hate to say it, Batonio had his way with Cam Hayward. Yeah, that offensive line pushed the Steelers around. And listen, I mean, Jacoby Brissett played a good game. I mean, yeah, he, he did. He stepped into some throws, and he really made some good throws to Amari Cooper. The touchdown pass was mm -hmm. a nice throw. He did what he had to do, and that's that was the difference in that game. The Steelers offensively, we keep talking about it, they can't move the ball. Now, you want to blame Canada for that? You can blame Oh, he definitely deserves some of it, of course. Before we get into anything, and you guys tell me your thoughts on this, Mitch Trubisky, or he goes by Mitchell Trubisky now. I don't know. I don't what know. I do, who cares? Got, it's, pretty soon it's not going to It's not, not going to matter. matter. Right, hopefully. You know, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick made a good comment on the air Thursday. He said, I was Mitchell Trubisky. Mm -hmm. And he goes, when you're the backup quarterback or you're the placeholder, the, br the bridge mm -hmm. gap to the next guy – let it fly, man. What else? I mean, he's playing not to lose his job. It's not his job. He's a placeholder. Right. He should be playing free and easy and letting the ball go. Everything's a check down. He doesn't. We talked about how good his mobility right. is. Two carries <clears throat> for seven yards. It's it just it, to me, it's not working. I've been watching the twenty-two game film, 
And we know. Yeah. Well, Boy, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. So it's, it's my new toy. Boy, he gets on a roll. Man. Wow. Text messages are just <laughs> one after another. Lying. So, well, you can see in the 22, and I, I did some screen grabs for you guys. I mean, it's uh, Mitch is miss, missing wide open guys downfield. He's not even looking. No, he's not. And then the other thing we need to talk about, because I think this is a real concern. I think there's an injury here. And we're Najee, once again, I mean, we're talking like grade A holes up the middle, A gap or B gap, and he's always he's bouncing it outside or vice versa. Um, when when your offense is this limited, you can't afford to make those types of mistakes every other play or every third play. You just can't. No, they can't be in third and nine, second and eight. Right. And uh, he, just, he needs to get four or five yards. And, and he's been non-existent in the passing game. What do you have? Three catches for five yards last week. I mean, that it's just he's been non-existent for three weeks. Yeah, I think his foot. I think there's something to that for sure, Tommy. Yeah, I mean, I go back to the to what we talked about in New England, and uh, and I want to make sure I had these right. So I actually wrote this stuff down for once because I can't remember anything. You know, we're right, we're, getting, we're getting old. We're getting to that yeah. magical age, the magic five zero. Yeah. You know, to your point, Michael, um, with Trubisky. You know, I thought in the Cleveland game. You know, the first. Almost a complete first half. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, who's this team? Mm-hmm. You know, he was. There was design yeah. rollouts. There was design plays to put Trubisky mm-hmm. um, in in the best spot for him. And I thought the offense looked great um, right up until the drive right before halftime. And they got the ball. They had the they advanced the ball to the Cleveland forty three with two timeouts and twenty seven mm-hmm. seconds. And then Trubisky made three awful throws. They were throwing off his back foot again, and he just didn't look right. And then, to me, he carried that right into the second half. And, you know, we talked about in New England. You know, um, they the, the drop Cam Sutton interception, then the fumble punt, then the touchdown, game over. The Steelers are like so many teams in the NFL, and I have watched more. Usually I'm a watch it over the last few years. I just watch the Steelers, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. But I've watched more NFL this year than I have before. And, man, there are a lot of bad NFL teams. There's just not – this is what the NFL wants. Mm-hmm. Everybody, mm-hmm. they want the NFL – they want all the teams to have a chance. They want all the teams in the in this big bubble. And, you know, we're so focused on the Steelers this and the Steelers that. But, man, if you look at the rest of the AFC, there's a lot of very average teams. But my point is – Average teams, when they when games are going to be this close, they're won or lost by three or four plays mm-hmm. every game. Mm-hmm. They the, the breaks went their way in Cincinnati. They did not go their way in New England. Cleveland, end of the first half, they're up 14-13. They've got a chance to put points on the board with the ball before halftime. They Trubisky just chucks those away and they go to halftime with nothing. Then they come out in the second half, they get the ball, they got a nice drive going. They're second and 14 at the 50. They hit a nice 35-yard screen to Jalen Warren. Mm, he goes cool. all the way it's down killer. to the 15-yard line, <clears throat> and it's called back by Chuk Sakor for being downfield. Which right. I don't know. Yeah. I got I, there's. I see. If you were going to call anything on that play, I thought it was going to be non-sportsmanlike. There has right. to be some kind of mandate from the NFL because I've seen offensive linemen yeah. called downfield a whole bunch so far this year. I think it's a point of emphasis yeah, this and, year where you haven't seen it as yeah, much in the past. You've just, seen them three and four yards right. down the field yeah. before they used to get away right. with that. Now, no, now they're not. Now yeah. they're not getting away with it. So, I mean, and so instead of having the ball first and 10 to 15, they wind up having it second and 19, um, and then they wind up punting. And then from that point on, Cleveland gets the ball, 14-play, 70-yard drive, yeah, touchdown, uh, which eight of the 10 plays were runs. 
Then here's the, this is the problem with the Steelers. It was the problem in New England, and it was the problem here. So they get the ball to start the half. They get 10 plays. Then they give the ball to Cleveland. They go 14 plays. They're on the field for seven minutes. This is when the offense has – it's almost like – I was thinking about this as an example for people that maybe are, are baseball people, maybe not football. If you've ever watched a pitcher when pitchers hit in baseball – when a pitcher would get on base or do something, the leadoff guy mm -hmm. would come up and take a pitch or two. It was, it was a written rule that, okay, I got to buy this guy some time. And that's what happens with the Steelers. You know, when a, the offense, the defense is under for 14 plays, seven minutes, running the ball, getting pounded. When the offense gets the ball back, it's got to take up some time. It's got to give these guys a chance to recover. And we talk about not being able to stop the run. Well, who's on the defensive line? You have an older Cam Haywood. You have an older Tyson Alawawa. You have an, uh, coming off an injury in a 30-year-old Larry Ogunjobi. You have older guys This is who are playing their second professional football game in nine days. Mm -hmm. They need a chance to get, on the, to get off the field and catch their damn breath. It's the same thing that happened in the second half of New England. In that game, it was 90 degrees, and the defense was on the field constantly. It takes its toll. So in this game, 14 yard, 14 plays, 7 minutes, they have the ball. Offense comes out, 3 plays, 7 yards, punt it back, minute 27. Okay, defense comes back onto the field. 11 plays, 80 yards, uh, 10 runs out of 11, <clears throat> 635. And you're going to blame the defense. Okay, yes, the defense is allowed to get stops, but they would have played literally – uh, four, 13 minutes and 37 seconds of a 15-minute span. That's a lot for an aging veteran defensive line to be able to play and hold up to their things. Right. And everybody talks about how the, you know, the Browns ran them out of the building. Well, after that drive, the Steelers, the, the, the defense, uh, uh, the offense got the ball back three more times, three and out, three and out, seven, 63 yards, they kicked the field goal. Right. The defense after those two drives – Cleveland, five plays, nine yards. Cleveland's three plays, minus seven yards. Cleveland, three plays, nine yards. The defense rallied and gave the offense a chance. So I've heard a lot of people, including Tomlin today at his press conference, taking umbrage with the defense in these last two games. Yes, you're allowed to get a stop, but this is a two-way game. Mm -hmm. You have got to give the defense a chance on a 90-degree day and then again to play three, four days later to be out there. You know, there's a stat out there I saw today. The, steel, the defense has played 57 more snaps than the offense through three games. Okay, so and that's an average of how many defensive plays a game. You're supposed, so basically, the defense has played four games mm -hmm. in 15 days, and the offense has played three. And that's what you're asking these guys, and that takes its toll. And I know there's we, talk, we alluded to this already. There's plenty of blame to go around on the offensive side of the ball. Let me ask you both a question. So Tomlin came out today. Alu Alu's on the bench now. Monty Adams is going to be the starter at defensive tackle. Okay, he said Adams is playing better. What possible explanation could he have for not playing Kenny right now? And I don't want to be like these in the call, but if you look at it from a rational point of view, right? Kenny is 24 years old. 24. If you're saying he's not ready, then that's a shitty draft pick. There's no way around it. Then you wasted a draft pick. If you're saying he's ready, but you want to stick with Mitch, you're being stubborn, in my mind, and you're not going with the guy who will give your team the best chance to win. All three of us, I think we all agree that Trubisky doesn't have it. Right? And, Tommy, you've been pretty adamant. Kenny, 
at wherever he has it, right? He gets in the huddle. He just has that confidence and the poise and, and the comfortability. We're not seeing that from Mitch. Why isn't he making a move? I think we see we, – we, we think Kenny has it. We know Mitchell Trubisky doesn't have it. We know right. that for a fact. He's in his sixth year. And that's the thing when I was saying earlier, let it fly, man. Right. You have nothing to lose. I mean, it's not your job anyway. And he's playing almost scared, like he doesn't want to make right. a mistake. Listen, let the ball go. Let it go downfield. Um, yeah, I don't know what the, the, the issue is with Kenny. We're not at practice. We don't know. You're right. right. It's a bad pick if they don't. If he's not he's ready, ready as a 24-year-old, he, that, that's my point. And they said when they drafted him. They right. said when they drafted him, this the guy is the most NFL-ready quarterback in this draft. Now, it was a weak class. But right. if you're saying we need a quarterback, we're drafting this guy, and he's still sitting on the bench, you know, through three, now right. it's going to be four weeks. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. And my that. whole argument is, too, if you would have started him from the beginning of the year, you'd have the same record in my mind, you would have beat Cincinnati and you would have probably, you know, maybe who knows, but you would probably have the same record or if not better. And he would have had three games of professional experience under his belt by this point. Nothing, nothing makes no sense. Nothing is a substitute for playing. You can practice all you want, watch all the film you want until you get in the game and get in the fire. There's no substitute for that. And that's the only way he's going to learn. To me, this team is a mediocre football team. This guy should be the quarterback going through this year, finishing the season, and having that experience under his belt going into next year. I mean, I, my opinion is, again, I'm not at practice. So no. if there's something that, you know, offensively, you know, I don't know, this offense looks like it's a fourth-grade offense, <laughs> right. so I don't know how complicated it could be. And you're not allowed to audible, right. so that takes that off of yeah, the, that's that takes it off the plate, too. Um I think the only thing – I think part of it is this, and, I'll, and this is what I think has something to do with this next stretch, is Tom Brady after this week. Tom Brady, Tua, who's potentially the AFC leading MVP candidate. Jalen Hurts, who is the uh, uh, NFC we'll and overall yep. mm-hmm. MVP, and Josh Allen. Those are the next four quarterbacks they play after this, and, and then you get to the bye. And to me, I think that – there is a point in Tomlin. This is not me saying this. Right. I'm trying to think of this from right. Tomlin's perspective. Yeah. Is that the only way that we can win this game, the, those to get through this stretch, is if the quarterback doesn't turn it over and the defense does what it's supposed to do. Not against those four quarterbacks. <laughs> and, and, if you have, and if you have a rookie quarterback, he's prone to make more mistakes than a potentially a six-year veteran. Right. That's the only logical reason. And mm-hmm. the fact that maybe Pickett – is showing something in 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 in, in uh, practice that we can't see, but I will say this: this is the first time Tomlin has been in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. He's been coaching forever. This is yep. his first real chance to to coach somebody that is a first round mm-hmm. quarterback pick. It's the first time he's had to make a decision on quarterbacks, and maybe it is as simple as he just doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's possible too. I I don't know. I don't think yeah. so. But I mean, that's I, I think that the way they're playing is to not lose, which we've talked about is a mistake in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think putting the quarterback in Trubisky is is a strategy to not lose, right. as opposed to putting somebody in the game that could win, win the game for you. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to use rookie quarterbacks. We've seen it. Everybody's times, different, right? right? You have. We've seen. Have to, but, listen, yeah. Eli Manning sat right. behind uh, Kurt Warner right. for nine right. games. And they benched Kurt Warner, and the Giants were five and four. 
And then they brought Eli in. He was terrible when he first came mm-hmm. in. So I don't know if there's a right or a wrong way to do it. We've seen, look, Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. He lost all 15 starts sure. he had his mm-hmm. first year. The only guy that wanted a start that year was Steve Walsh. He got his brains beat in the first year. He turned out okay. Now we've seen it on the other flip side of the coin. Started David Carr with the Houston Texans mm-hmm. right off the bat. And he's still seeing rushers, and yeah. he's been retired right. for like eight years. So there's 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 no right or wrong way to do it. If, if, if Trubisky was trying to make some plays, like Tom said, that, that the next group of quarterbacks coming up after this Jets game, they can't play offense like that. They're right. going to get blown out of the building. Well, speaking of the Jets game, let's turn our attention to that game and talk about what we think and give our prediction for the game. Well, I mean, you know, I, going through their schedule and stuff and, and looking forward, um, I mean, the thing that I would remind Steeler fans out there, and in, in if, if you're trying to be level-headed about this, which I know is tough, especially don't ever be in a text group with Mark while the Steeler <laughs> game's going on, or Pitt for that. But he's more quiet. You're shockingly more quiet during Pitt, probably because you're shaking so bad you can't type. Uh, pretty much. Um, yeah. But, I mean, as a rational Steeler fan looking at this from the outside – I, I think after three games, I would have thought them to be one and two. And in, and after five games, I would expect them to be two and three. Well, that two has got to come this week. Yeah. I mean, you got to win this game against the Jets, and then you're going to get trounced in Buffalo. I mean, you just are. I, I don't – unless TJ – I mean, TJ Watts not eligible nope. for that game. So, mm-hmm. um, you're going to take that loss. So, I mean, two and three after five games, that's where I would have had them beginning of the year, and I still have them winning ten games because I think – that this schedule lightens up dramatically in the second half. But this is a must-win game. Um, the offense, I thought, played better for a half. Then they kind of went back into their shell. What I could see, and what I'm not predicting, but what I could see is I don't think Tomlin's a dummy. No. I mean, listen, I've said he's a great coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach. And this is a game, no matter what you know, one and oh bullshit you want to mm-hmm. try to tell me we only do this one game at a time. Tomlin knows and the Steelers know they gotta win this game. Mm-hmm. If the Steelers are down 17-3, 13 nothing at halftime, I wouldn't be surprised if Pickett comes trotting out in the second half because this is a game you gotta win. Mm-hmm. Um so I- I'm predicting sort of that the Steelers are gonna win this week. I think they're gonna pull this out. Um but I'll be this is a game is Vital and now Minka's in concussion protocol mm-hmm. today. Um, this this defense can't lose another playmaker. No. Um, Zach Wilson to me is a break over Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco will just stand back there and do the fifty yard right, chuck and right. duck and you know get the pass interference plays and all that stuff. So I think Zach Wilson's a benefit to the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to win this game, but I it's nothing this season is going to be easy. Right. This is going to yeah. be a twenty four twenty one something like that okay. kind of game. So we're making our predictions for the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, yeah while we're giving a little preview at the same time. I, I, listen, the Jets last week uh, didn't look particularly good. Uh, Flacco threw for right. a bunch of yards, but he threw the ball a ton. Mm-hmm. They were behind. Uh, they were able to run the ball a little bit in the first half, but once they fell behind, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was tough sledding for them. Uh, I, I, I agree with Tommy. I, I would rather see Zach Wilson if I'm a Steelers fan than – because he's been out so long, right? right? I mean, he got hurt in the first Well, Flacco, like game. you were saying, Dave, Flacco knows the Steelers' he, defense he very their, well. He knows their defense, and he, he he's able to make big plays. Like mm-hmm. he said, you'll get a pass interference call. Mm-hmm. Um, he can get the ball downfield. Where Zach Wilson uses more of his legs. He gets outside right. the pocket. Most of his stuff's short. Uh, 
The Jets' defense is a little bit shaky. You would think that the Steelers would be able to move the ball on them. But, again, they haven't proven they can move the ball through three games. They're still in the bottom three in every offensive category through three games. So that's where we're at with that. Um, I think the Steelers are going to win this game. Uh, I think it's going to be 24-13. And they're going to score a defensive touchdown because that offense can't score 24 points. What worries me about this game the Jets' defensive front is pretty stout. So that leaves me cause the concern they're not going to be able to run the ball yet again. So Mitch is going to have to do something with the ball in his hands. And I, how can you have any confidence he's going to do it? Um, you know, He showed glimpses of it in the first half last week against Cleveland, but it hasn't been consistent. I'm surprised the Jets haven't had more success running the ball. Uh, I like Michael Carter a lot. I liked him a lot coming out of college. Brees Hall. Yeah, Brees Hall, the first, second round pick. Yeah, this year. That's where you should take out of Iowa State. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be more of the same that we've been seeing all season long. I don't think anything changes here. I think the Jets game plan coming in, especially if it's going to be Zach Wilson, is run the ball, pound the ball, pound it, pound it, pound it. Jets offensive line is so so. Um, But I think they will be, if they commit to it, I think they'll be able to do it against the Steelers. Um, I think the Jets win. Same, same reasons why we've seen the first three weeks of the season. I think the Jets win 24-13. I, I really do. I think the Steelers fall to 1-3 and three and, and serious jeopardy of this season going way out of control. Uh, until I see otherwise, I can't pick out of hope and, and expect a different result than what we've seen so far. I think they are who they are, especially offensively, with Trubisky. And Canada calling the plays. Until it changes, I'm going to go with what I've seen, with my, what my eyes have seen, what we've experienced. I'm picking the Jets. Yeah, the way I look at it, week one, their offense had nothing the whole game. The second week, New England, I thought they had a good quarter. Or they had a couple of drives uh, that, that they scored a touchdown on where they were running some no huddle and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, and last week in Cleveland, I thought they played two good quarters. So, you know, Tomlin says they're getting better every week. Okay, well, that's – that's kind of getting right. better That's every week. Of, right, right. What I want to see them do is just be able to sustain drives, mm-hmm. pick up third downs consistently. I, yes. la- I think they're last in the league by Definitely. far yes. yeah. on first down, on third down conversions and things. You just you got to. This has got to be a two way game. You got to give your defense a chance, um, especially if they're down Akilla Witherspoon, who's got who's questionable with a hamstring, and, and Minka's in uh, concussion protocol. I mean, the defensive back is now taking a hit. You're already down mm-hmm. T.J. Watt. Um, you know, uh, you got it. The offense has got to carry some of the weight. It just has to. All right. And so speaking of that, and we've alluded to some of the players already, but let's talk about two up, two down for the Steelers. Well, for me, two up, I, I you know, I thought Highsmith played really well Thursday night. Um, you know, he actually did something one. without yes, TJ. Without TJ so that's up. Something. Yeah, he had, a, I think, yeah, a sack, sack and a half, yeah. mm-hmm. I think he had two tackles for a loss. I think he finished with eight total tackles. Yeah. And, I thought he played a really good defensive game. And like Tom said, you can't leave your defense out to dry right. like that. It, they're on the field constantly. I mean, you know, you go to take a piss, you come back, they right. punted the ball. I mean, right. Right. When the Steelers are on <laughs> offense, you can't even blink because it's gonna they're off the field. Uh, and then I, I thought Deontay Johnson did a good job. You know, I listen, it, for what their offense did, he caught eight for 84. Right. He had 11 He's targets. taking some slack in this, for this game. Though. Yeah, that's my two up. Right. I mean, and, and it's hard to pick somebody on the offense, but I thought he played okay. Uh, my two, Don, obviously, the two most important guys on the offense, Najee Harris mm-hmm. 
three catches for five yards. I, I don't know. He's still averaging 3.3 yards mm-hmm. a carry or something mm-hmm. like that. That league average is about four, so he's not even average. Um, some of that is the offensive line. Some of it's not him not hitting the hole. Play calling once Play again. Play calling. It, it, you, you could factor all them into it, but yep. he actually is on the field. He has to produce whatever they, they call. And, and Trubisky's just been, to me, just abysmal. Uh, everything he does is wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. I, he, he doesn't use any of his athletic ability, throws off his back foot. He starts to get outside the pocket before the ball's even snapped sometimes. He looks like he's rolling out before. I mean, it's not yep. a design rollout. He's trying to get outside the pocket. He doesn't step up and throw. It was another pedestrian game, and he had two carries for seven yards. We talked about how great his legs were. I mean, freaking Ben could have done that last year, 300 pounds. <laughs> so those are my two down. I'm going to say two up. Um, last week, one of my two ups was the offensive line. This mm-hmm. week, I'm going to be more specific in Dan Moore. Mm-hmm. Dan Moore's gotten a lot of shit dumped on his hat through the media and things like that so far this year, people picking on him and stuff. But he was lined up again for, I think, the third time in his career against Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. And he kept that guy, you know, I, 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 you didn't even know he was there for most of the right. game. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. I mean, if you're the left tackle on this team, you're going to face Miles Garrett twice a year. Mm-hmm. And as Mason Rudolph will tell you, you know, he will he'll beat you over the head, literally, with your own helmet. With your own helmet. Um, so, you know, I know he had some help and, you know, tight ends over there and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you shut down Miles Garrett, to me, you deserve a, a little call. pat on the mm-hmm. ass. Um, and the other one is uh, Jalen Warren. Yep. We talk Good about um, Trubisky. We talk about Pickett coming in because he gives a – we think he can give this team a spark. Jalen Warren is a guy that every time he comes in, you seem to notice him. Yes, I know he fumbled. Um, no, I don't think he should be the starting running back. Najee Harris is the starting running back on this team uh, for a reason. I don't know if Najee's hurt, but if if 100% against 100%, Najee's your starting running back. But I will say, um, some of the best running back combos in the league have always been lightning and thunder. Mm-hmm. You've always heard that. Well, man, I tell you what, Warren's got a little speed, but he's also got a little pop. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that that play, that 35-yard screen, got, got called back last week because that could have been a real game-changer. And if they go on to win that game, I think you, I think he's getting a little bit more praise uh, than what uh, than what he's getting. So can, I, I think he deserves a little pat on the on the uh, on the behind as well. My two downs um, are are uh, two players: Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick. This week, um, this defense is built around three stars. One's not there. The other two um, are the stars of this defense. They're the leaders. I love everything about both of them, but you cannot disappear because one of those guys is out. And I know Cam has got a tougher challenge without TJ on the other side. I know Minka's playing a more center field. Last week, the guy wasn't throwing the ball around the Mm -hmm. field, but you guys are paid to make plays. And when a big play needs to be made, I know Minka has made stepped up, but when you're the guy, you got to be the guy every week. Mm-hmm. You know, Deion Sanders was the guy. He talked like he was the guy. He got paid like he was the guy. And every week you noticed him. Well, as much as I didn't notice Miles Garrett, I looked at Minka with about two minutes mm-hmm. left in the game, and his uniform was clean. And that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's not what you do when you're the highest paid safety in the league. you got to come and play every single week. So for this particular week, as much as I like both of them and respect the hell out of what mm-hmm. they do, they're down for me. Good call. I, I, Dan Moore was one of my up from watching the film, for sure. My other up once is Miles Jack. When you watch the 22, the game film on him, I mean, you want to talk about a sideline-to-sideline side linebacker, a guy who understands the game, who is never in the wrong position. That's him. 
And like, like we said last week, he's covering for the guy next to him too half the time. Um, who's just, you know, abhorrent. He's terrible. So Miles Jack has to be that much better. So I'm going to say Moore and Jack are my two up for sure. My two down, you hit on one of them, is going to be Cam. And yes, listen, there's no finer gentleman in the league. And this is, you know, Cam's week this week. Mike Tomlin had his shirt on. Um, there's no finer gentleman, and everything he stands for is, is top notch. Um, but yeah, he, he's he's quiet. I mean, and as I said earlier, I mean, when he was going up with Batonio, there was no matchup there. Uh, and he has to do more. And it feels like I'm picking on him because it's been two weeks in a row with Cam. But like you said, if, if TJ's out, he has to step up. He has to play in the backfield. And he's not doing that enough. And so Cam is definitely one down. My other was one of your ups, Michael, was Deontay. That drop was huge in that game. And for somebody who, percentage-wise, everyone gets on him. Like last year, oh, he drops the ball so much. But you look at the percentages, he really doesn't. But that was a huge drop in the game. And, Tommy, when you're talking about when you're an average, mediocre team, all those plays are plays that are lost. And you just can't afford them. And that ball was right in his hands, when, and he dropped it. And to me, that was inexcusable. So, Deontay's the other down for me. Okay. All right, so some other great games this weekend. Uh, we're going to be glued to the TV. So what, last Sunday. week, what, Tommy? Oh, so last week, yeah, so let's catch up. Tommy was 3-1 and one last week. Kudos, Tommy. Well done. Imagine that. that so if you're listening. Wins. That might be three wins on the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you, you you called it last week. I was way off. I was the exact opposite. I was 1-3. Uh, and, Michael, you were 2-2, two and two, right, Sandwich? That's in my the best week, which is scary. <laughs> yeah, so let's see if we can do a little better this week. Uh, first game we're going to talk about Miami and Cincinnati. Dolphins, of course, the story of the AFC, I think, this year uh, with how well they've been playing. Um, Thursday night, Cincinnati. Um, I'll lead us off. Um, I like Cincinnati in this game. I think Cincinnati's starting to find their footing. They're at home. Um, I, I think they're going to get the best of Miami. Miami's quite not – they're not quite there yet. Um, and Cincinnati, as far as I'm concerned, is still the class of the AFC until somebody says otherwise. And like I said, they're starting to – get their footing, right? They, they didn't play any preseason games, none of their starters. Burrow, of course, we saw what they did against Steelers in week one. They've gotten progressively better uh, as the weeks have gone by. I'd like Cincy at home in this one. Yeah, I, that game to me, I think Miami is going to go for their first loss. I know they're 3-0. and They played a hell of a game last week against Buffalo. That they did. came down to the wire. I mean, Buffalo couldn't mm-hmm. dime the ball to get the field goal. Um, two, it doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy. Uh, he's dinged up quite a bit. Uh, he came out of that game last week. I seen a lot of controversy of there. Yeah, is he in concussion protocol? Is he not? Jalen Waddle is a little banged up this week. And the reason I know that he's on my fantasy team. He's, he's one of the six players I had and, injured uh, last week. We won't mention who won fantasy. Yeah, last well, week. We, we don't need to. I mean, I could have. You could have benched all your players <laughs> and still beat me last week. Um, Cincinnati kept Burrow upright last week. Two sacks, which for them is. Really, really good. And I like the way Burrow last week adjusted to them taking uh, Jamar Chase out of their offense. He went to Tyler Boyd. He went to T. Higgins. Uh, They weren't able to get their running game going, but I think at home on Thursday, I think Cincinnati wins this game. I think they win it 27-20. to Okay. I'm not on the Cincinnati train. Um, I watched them play uh, a good amount of that game against the uh, against the Jets, and I, I didn't think they looked good. I think the Jets gave that game away more than Cincinnati won it. But I am picking Cincinnati for this reason. Um, 
that game against Buffalo on Sunday was just woo, guys dropping, guys cramping. Yeah. It was a hundred and it was like a hundred and one degrees on the field. Miami's defense, I mean, God love them. I mean, they were pressure on every one, but they were on the field for 90 plays to Miami. Yeah. I think at 39 or some ridiculous yeah, thing like that. Really skewed. Yeah. Um, I am not a Tua fan. I agree with you, Michael. He looks like he's a little kid playing a big boy sport. Um, he's constantly getting tossed yeah. around. And that arm of his, man, that's something with lefties. Hmm. Uh, there we go. But I mean, it just doesn't seem like he's got like he's got enough on his ball when he throws. So um, I'm not a Tua fan. I think Miami's better. Um, but so after weird. that ass whooping they took in yeah. Cincinnati, in that heat, coming back yeah. and playing three days later, there's no way they got anything left yeah. in the tank. So I think Cincinnati wins that game. Okay. Once again, we have Tampa Bay. They have the toughest schedule coming out of the gate. That's why you're they're on our slate here every week. Uh, this week, they're gonna they're facing a pissed off Kansas City Chiefs team who blew it. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that one. I wasn't able to watch because we we're busy here. But how the hell did they lose to Indianapolis? So I, I have a feeling. Feel bad for Tampa. They're going to get a pissed off Chiefs team. Um, but I still like Tampa in this. Until someone – Tampa's defense, I think, can shut down Mahomes and really frustrate them. Um, so I'm going to go with Tampa. Yeah, this is tough for me because I'm 0-3 picking Buccaneer games this year. <laughs> yeah, I picked against them the first two weeks. They won. I picked them last week. I didn't realize – They didn't have anybody. I mean, the three of us could have been on the field for Tampa's well, wide receiver. We all blended right in. It was Cole Beasley. Yeah. yeah. Tampa's defense after the first quarter and a half basically shut right. Rodgers down. And Brady was still able to move the ball. They had two turnovers two, yeah. on fumbles by uh, Brett They killed Perryman themselves, and, yeah. Uh, Brashard Perryman, Perryman and um, uh, Russell Gage, yeah. both on drives that killed those drives. And they still had an opportunity yeah. to tie the game at the end of the game with a two-point conversion. Uh, Kansas City's offense, to me – I know Mahomes threw 83 touchdowns in the first week, and I think right. 82 of them were one-yard touchdown passes. One he threw underhand. Right. I don't even count those. I mean, if you throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, it's a right. run to me. I think Tampa's going to win this game. Uh, Mike Evans is back this week. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones is probably going to play this week. They, they kept him out one more week. And there's a chance Donovan Smith, their left tackle, will play. The defense is the same. Everybody's healthy. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as people think it's mm-hmm. going to be, but I think Tampa Bay squeaks this one out. Um, well, I mean, I watched uh, along with you. I watched some of the, a lot of the Tampa game, and uh, I'm just I, I don't think Brady's. I, I'm never going to bet against say Brady's done, but he don't look right. He is just does. Well, he doesn't not, have any wide receivers. I understand he doesn't. Gage have any, is his number one wide receiver. I understand that, but he made a career of having no wide receivers in New England yeah. and won a lot of games up there. Um, you know, what to me? Once you have one foot out the door, it's out the door. And he looks like a guy that there's a lot of times during the game he looks up like, "Why did I come back?" Um, Kansas. He, get, the question. Speaking of, are he and Giselle separated? That's the rumor. Is that the rumor? Okay. Maybe that he you just know. called another Victoria's Secret model and right. had well, that's true. In, so yeah. it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean he's going to get child support. He's going to get support from her because she's the breadwinner <laughs> in her family, which is nice. Sorry, I just had. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I heard that. I know and, it's I, true. and I think that's part. I mean, you know, we you know, we've all been down that road where mm-hmm. if your home life ain't right, work yeah. is tough. Um, and you know, if you his kids are at the game, but his wife's not last mm-hmm. week, and so I, I just think there's a lot of stuff going on with him. 
And I think that offense obviously goes through him. Kansas City, in my opinion, is going to score points. Um, you know, maybe not something crazy, but I, I think Kansas City scores is going to score points. I don't think Tampa can, so I'm going okay. Kansas City. All right. we can, I can't believe we have this team in our picks, but they've had a great year so far. Jacksonville and Philadelphia. Eagles, so far to me, I've seen them play two games. I've watched the bulk of two of their games. Um, they're an upper echelon team, right? I can't believe I'm saying that. But on both sides of the ball, they're really good. Um, Jalen Hurts, I admit when I'm wrong on things, I thought I didn't think he was going to be an NFL quarterback. Um, he's up there with, with the best I've seen so far this year. His decision-making, Tommy, the absolute flip side of Tua is his arm is unbelievable. because yeah, he's right-handed. Yeah, right, there you go. Um, and I think, you know, acquiring A.J. Brown was a shrewd move it, on draft day. Uh, everything's clicking for Philly. Their offensive line is stout. Um, you know, Jacksonville, hey, it's been a nice run. It's a great story so far. Trevor Lawrence starting to come into his own. Uh, James Robinson, who's been huge for me in fantasy. Right, Michael? Yeah. Um, uh, but the Philly's just too good. I mean, that's my take. They're, they're, that team's legit. So I'm going to go Eagles. Yeah, I'm going Philadelphia too. Um, it's hard to believe that within a matter of, what was it, an hour on draft day, that yep. the Eagles traded mm-hmm. for A.J. Brown. And then it was like a, almost like a panic move. Arizona traded for Hollywood Brown. Yeah. You think either – Quite a difference between quite those a difference two. in those two trades. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I think I watched Philadelphia a little bit on. Uh, it was hard to watch Washington's offense. Woo! But uh, um, uh, Philadelphia is the real deal to me. Jalen Hurts. If you had a, if there was an no, MVP no. right now, no, Jalen Hurts is the MVP. Yeah, no question. Um, that team is is going. But I give Jacksonville credit. I mean, mm-hmm. going out to LA. You know, yeah, I know uh, that uh, your, your quarterback out there was a little hurt. Um, and nice job on that genius coach out there playing. Keep your franchise quarterbacks out there playing when you're down 28 points with 10 minutes yeah. to go in the game. So, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Jacksonville's greatly improved. I think they have I, I think they have a legitimate chance to win the AFC South. That's mm-hmm. no compliment to the AFC South. But <laughs> yeah. I think that, uh, that they're, they're improved. Trevor Lawrence is what he is. But, uh, no, Philadelphia's winning this game. Yeah, to watch Philadelphia's offense this year compared to last mm-hmm. year, unbelievable. Just run heavy, and yeah. and they were the number one rushing team in the league last year. Now you're you're seeing Jalen Hurts is Lamar Jackson with accuracy. Mm-hmm. So that's scary. No, and yeah. wide receivers. And wide yeah. receivers. I mean, and, and this this kid puts the ball where mm-hmm. it needs to be. I mean, his completion percentage is huge. When when you got the number one rushing offense and the number one passing <laughs> offense, I, I'm, that's hard to stop. And people aren't looking at Philadelphia's defense, but their defense has played really, really well. Um, I think this is a week where Jacksonville gets pushed back mm-hmm. down. Where okay, we're, you're yeah. not quite there yet, guys, but you're getting there. I, I think Philadelphia wins this game big. And this is in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. yeah. So you also, Pluto, it doesn't but I'm matter. saying right. you also have Jacksonville who flew out to Los Angeles and then played a late yeah, game, point. flew home, and then yep. got to fly back to Philadelphia, Philadelphia within yeah. a week. That's a that, that's, that's a, a lot. tough. Yeah. And our last uh, game for the week, Bills and Ravens. Uh, I'll start us off on this one, too. Um, look, Ravens surprised me last week. Uh, I still the, – the Bills are the Bills. Um, you know, they're coming off that tough game, as you mentioned, Tommy. I mean, they, that was a tough physical football game um, down in Miami. I, I still think the Bills are much better, uh, even with all the injuries they have, than the Ravens. I'm not sold on the Ravens. I'll never be sold on Lamar Jackson. You guys know that. Uh, I'm going the Bills. 
Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, you know, I don't I, – I, you know, I watch some of the New England game and stuff like that, and I know he has the numbers. Uh, my God, man. I, I, they, he's also got to lead the league in wide receivers and tight end. I mean, Mark Andrews bails that guy out. Yeah. I mean, Mark Andrews is <laughs> such a good tight end. I mean, he and Duvernay's playing out of his mind this year. I mean, I the know. number of one-handed catches that those guys make for him is something. Um, Lamar Jackson has got a lot of talent, and I get what he does. But Josh Allen, to me, mm-hmm. if he's not the best quarterback in football, he's he's one and one a with somebody. Um, I, I think Buffalo is going to be mm-hmm. pissed off. I think Buffalo's yep. defense is hurt and the defensive backs, but the front seven is still stout. I think they're going to play well. I think they're going to slow down the running game and make Lamar Jackson beat him in the air. And I don't think he can. can. Yeah. So I'm taking I'm taking Buffalo. Yeah, I, I, you know I was thinking about this game and I, you know I thought about Buffalo's secondary being banged up and we had the Central Catholic mm-hmm. boy Demar yeah, Hamlin starting yep. his first game in, in professional football. And this is a different offense in Baltimore than it is in Miami. Miami's got those two stud wide receivers. You got Gasecki. Mm-hmm. None of the Baltimore receivers really yeah. scare me. Josh Allen, like you said, if he's not the best quarterback in the league, he's one one A. I mean, you you can make an argument for a couple guys, but he has got to be one of those yeah. guys. He played well enough to win last week. They didn't. I think they they handle Baltimore pretty easily this week. All right, we'll see how we we do uh, on our picks this week. Hopefully, some of us inch closer to five hundred. It's been pretty rough yeah, so far. I got an inch. I yeah. Right. Yeah. True. All right. On to Pitt. So last week, Rhode Island. That was sort of their their gimme game, their scrimmage game to relax, rest up the injured players as they head into ACC ball this Saturday night, eight o'clock, which infuriates me, but. Um, against Georgia Tech. Um, listen, they did what they had to do against Rhode Island in some in some aspects of the game. Uh, I liked how the reserve defensive linemen stepped up, the Chris Maloney's, the younger kids, um, the kid from Central Valley, Sean Fitzsimmons, played his first college game, had a sack. Uh, Nakai Johnson um, from Baldwin, he played, had a sack. Uh, so for me, it was good to see that kind of stuff. That's what you want to see in games like that. Give an opportunity to these guys, your depth players, um, and, and you know, get them some game action, and hopefully they perform, and they did. Uh, certain things I didn't like, they didn't go down the field at all. Uh, Keaton was back. We didn't see balls thrown down the field. I think that was a perfect opportunity to build up some confidence for Keaton. They didn't do it. Uh, I don't know if it wasn't called. I don't know if Signetti didn't call the plays, and – um, or if Keaton, if the players were there and Keaton just didn't throw the ball down the field, but you would have liked to have seen a little more of that. Um, Izzy exerted his dominance again. I mean, that's a mismatch. I mean, you have somebody who is going to be playing on Sundays going up against a lot of these kids who are going to be going on with their, their lives work here shortly. Um, so some good, some bad in that game. Ultimately, they won. They got out. They're sitting – where a lot of people, Tom, to your point about the Steelers, I think a lot of people thought Pitt was going to be three and one at this point. I thought they were. Many people thought they would lose one of the the backyard brawler Tennessee, and that's what happened. So now they're three and one, and the real season begins ACC ball. So, uh, Tommy, what else did you think about that game? I saw a couple people online make a point, and I kind of agreed with it that the reason you schedule layups to start the season is that it's the freshness of the season. Guys can get through that. Mm-hmm. Pit players have already been, you know, the the the, the backyard brawl, the the Tennessee, primetime yeah. game against Tennessee. I mean, you had two high profile games, 
you go on the road to uh, uh, Western Michigan and then home against Rhode Island. You could just tell it felt like a practice. Yeah. Players felt like they were going through the motion. Narduzzi looked to me like he was just trying to get some guys some playing time. There was a lot of guys on the field. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Um, you know, they looked like they wanted to get out of that game and just get on to ACC without getting anybody hurt. Unfortunately, they did. Um, Gavin Bartholomew mm-hmm. left in a, with his arm in a sling. Uh, Jared Wayne didn't play. You know, Dez didn't play again. Um, Hopefully, didn't play. hopefully a lot of those guys are just resting up because this game didn't right. mean anything and getting ready for a Saturday night. I'm not sure Saturday night game would mean anything because Georgia Tech's about as bad as you right. can be. Um, but um, it just looked to me like this is a game you play first, not fourth. And uh, you know, I never really thought of it that way, but it's an interesting way of looking at it. So I'm glad they won. I'm glad you know we're, we're ready to go to ACC, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watch part of the game off and on. I mean, I, I was watching more important mm-hmm. games. That, you right. know, I was obviously watching Wake Forest and Clemson. That was a great game. Mm-hmm. I, I was flipping the pit game on. Typically, I watched the whole pit right. game. Like Tommy said, it's like a glorified scrimmage is what it was. Pitt did what they were supposed to do. Signetti didn't call anything that you would right. really consider. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Extravagant it, yeah, or anything. Yeah, it was very complex. Anything. It was very yeah. gray, black, black and white to me. It yeah. was just it, it. The game was boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ran the ball down their throat. Everything was short in the passing game. Uh, I'm liking the way they're running the ball the last couple of games. I mean, but that was again. It was against Western Michigan and Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Once you get into ACC play, I don't know how much we can even put on this game Saturday. This is like a third game in a row. And that's why you haven't seen Pitt move in the standings because mm-hmm. they're still 24th. Well, who did they beat? Right. The only game that really mattered was Tennessee, Tennessee. and they lost it. Right. I mean, West Virginia stinks. Western Michigan is a MAC school. And I don't even know what conference Rhode Island plays in, to be honest with you. Right. I didn't even know they had a football team. You know, the only guys I remember right. from there was the guy. Uh, Dan Kreider. No. No, where did Dan Kreider go to, Tommy? What college? New Hampshire? New Hampshire, thank you. Good yeah, call. I, I'm, I'm referring to Rhode Close. Island. Close, same geographic basketball. basketball. Oh, think yeah. Catino Mobley. Oh, I mean, right, yeah, right. You know, Jim Harris oh, coached yeah, that yeah, team after yeah. he got kicked out of UCLA. Yeah. And wound up illegally recruiting there. Oh, okay. Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom, Yes, right. okay. I didn't even know they had a football team. So, this week, we'll, we'll have a little bit more to talk about as far as the actual in-game mm-hmm. action. Uh do we want to do our two up? Yeah, we might as well. Yeah, I let's mean, do two up, two down. Now, you know the guy for me that I'm on all the time, and you and I talk right. about him all the time. Vincent Davis, I thought, is playing really, really good football. Yep. He's running north, north and south, not sideline to sideline, right. dancing. He's getting lost in I all mean, the Izzy talk. Yeah, but he's yeah, of course he is. Here. He's still the backup. Right. But, again, for me, the last couple of weeks, he's mm-hmm. shown me something. He had seven carries for 51 yards in a TD, and he caught three balls for 34 yards. So – He's one guy I'm looking at, okay, if Izzy goes down or he gets mm-hmm. dinged up, this is a guy that you could possibly bring in and play. And then Kalijah Kansi played mm-hmm. pretty well. Now, what you would expect from him. That's yes. what you want out of a guy that's a preseason All-American. Right. Uh, my two Don, the, the pit wide receivers to me, yeah. I, I don't – I you know, it's averaging six, seven yards a catch, uh, you know – they still shown me nothing through four games, really. I mean, well, especially with other the than what I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't want to put Wayne in right. the same as Montville, right? You know, means, means. yeah, yeah Bradley, like, but yeah. yeah. They just the group other than Wayne has not produced. And then I thought the secondary played a lazy game against Rhode Island. I get their quarterback was, you know, a former quarterback at Maryland for a couple of years, but I just thought their secondary played lazy. 
Yeah, for me, um, I'll say my. It's hard to, to ignore him, and I and I get what you're saying about uh, Davis, but uh, Izzy man is just yeah, my God. Yeah. He, he looks like he shops in the little kid section too. When he, you know, when you see him walking around with all those other guys, but man, he just I He's give explosive. that kid. I give that kid. I mean, that, he is not a big dude, and they are just wearing him out. You know, I wasn't crazy about how many carries he had in a game like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys that could have gotten those carries against Rhode Island. But the kid, every time he handles the ball, he's doing something. So I give him a lot of credit. The other up, since you know it's it's hard to be up or down with this kind of game, was and I hate to, I think I always say his name wrong. Gabe is it Gabe Hoy? Yeah, Gabe Hoy, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Him coming back, playing at right tackle, yeah. Yeah. Um, subbing in, getting some work. He hasn't played all year. Um, he's a big part of that veteran offensive mm-hmm. line that I think they're going to need uh, getting through the ACC schedule. So seeing him back in, subbing in, getting some work and stuff like that, to me, that's a good sign. Uh, going forward, as far as downs, I mean, I you know I agree with Michael some on the wide receivers. The wide receivers in general have just been a disappointment. But you had a good point before we went on air. I think this is a good time to bring it up about uh, about the call with 13 seconds left in the game. Oh, oh yeah, well we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, the you know we heard a lot about Kentum Umfield coming from yeah. Akron and and what, that's his name right? I'm saying that right? Kanate. Yeah, we all know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you know, we heard about his electricity in practice, and he was going to bring all this stuff in comparisons to we were going to forget Jordan Addison, man. And, and even in a game where there really wasn't a whole lot of throwing, I mean, it, everything was the bub means with Jared Wayne out of the game, and my, you know, my cousin uh, Brad was it Jaden, was it Jaden Bradley? Bradley? Yeah, yeah. my cousin uh, Jaden Bradley out there catching balls. I mean, again, you didn't see him very much at all. Um, and the other thing was the onside kick with 13 seconds. I mean. I don't know what the hell was going on. Narduzzi said after the game and he called it. Uh, I believe it. But mm-hmm. the coaches were screaming at the kicker for doing it. I don't know what the hell was going on. But either way, that's a bad look for right. Coach Narduzzi's the head coach. That's a bad look when you're up four touchdowns or whatever it was with with no time against a school that's right. overmatched and you onside kick. I just again, yeah. We talked about some of my frustrations with him, and that's another one. To me, that's just yeah. petty. Right. Either way. All right, my two up. Uh, ever since Jake Cradle moved to center, that's when the running game really started to click. Center's Jake's home. Uh, I think he's an NFL caliber center. We're seeing it. He's the anchor of that offensive line. The offensive line has really started to gel with Jake at center. No, no, no offense to Owen, but I think there's a difference between those two. Um, and, and Jake is definitely – Helped um, in terms of you know disguise you know calling the defense out and what's happening and um, putting the play the offensive line in the right position um, so that the running game can really click and you're seeing that and oftentimes what gaps are open the the a gaps on both the a a a one a two they're they're open uh, you know um, and Pitt if they're running to thirty one they're running thirty two that's going to be open because of Jake in the middle he's just demolishing whoever they line up against them. So uh, definitely a huge up uh, to Jake and what he's doing at center. Uh, my other up, I, I mentioned at the outset, uh, Sean Fitzsimmons, the freshman from Central Valley, sees his first Division I. Uh, and, and listen, there was a ton of talk about him. Kid's a beast. He dominated uh, in high school here last year, and uh, they expect big things from him. He came in, uh, and you saw a sack. So I think the future looks bright. Uh, on the defensive line, and it's going to continue, you know, because we're going to lose Dez, we're going to lose Haba and these guys, uh, and John Morgan. Um, uh, but there's these younger guys coming up behind him. And John Morgan's another one. We haven't really talked a lot about him. 
but he's helped to stabilize that defensive line without Dez, without Haba. Uh, he's still making plays. He's sealing the edge. He's doing what he needs to do. Uh, so shout out uh, to Trap Walker uh, and what he's doing uh, at defensive end. My two downs, uh, once play calling, uh, Signetti. Uh, I'm not saying you have to go nuts against Rhode Island, but as I said, this was an opportunity for the passing game to gain some confidence. Tommy, to your point, for Mumfield, hopefully, to gain some confidence. Get down the field, 40-yard catch, 50-yard catch. We still haven't seen that yet, and I think this was the perfect game to do it. Uh, you know, I'm on the side, I think, with Signetti in the bland play calling, uh, more than Slovis in the wide receivers. So I'm going to do uh, thumbs down on this one uh, to Signetti. Uh, and thumbs down to Narduzzi uh, as well. Uh, first half, Pitt had six penalties for 60 yards. That's inexcusable, and that to me is on the coaching. Uh, it's another example of how he does not have these guys ready to play coming out of the locker room in these types of games. Uh, and we see it year after year and game after game, and this was another example of it. So a down to, to Coach Narduzzi for not having his team ready to come when they're out, coming out of the tunnel ready to go. Six for 60. You can't have that. I don't care if it's Georgia Tech. Virginia. I mean, you, you do that against an ACC team, you're going to pay for it. So that's what I have to say there. All right. Factor fiction. Here we go. And thanks to Sean. Tommy's godson. He sent along some great thoughts for us on this one. So, Sean, these are for you. And uh, we'll start college football since we just ended with Pitt. Kansas has been one of the great stories uh, early on this college football season. For the first time in the history of the school, they're 4-0. Um, they, the competition hasn't been great. They beat Duke, West Virginia, Tennessee Tech, and um, what? Uh, Tennessee Tech, West Virginia, oh, Houston, and Duke. Yeah, well, I mean, Kansas never used to beat anybody. anybody. Right. So it doesn't so matter exactly. the competition. So shout out to Lance Leopold uh, for what he's doing there. So fact or fiction, Kansas is going to win the Big 12. That's fiction. Uh, you know, it's a nice story. It really is. It's I a mean, great story. I mean, yeah. because, you're, you know, it's funny watching the highlights of that game last week. You had Kansas playing Duke. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't Bill Self and, and Mike Krzyzewski <laughs> right, right, coaching. Right. It was the football team's playing. Right, yeah. um, Kansas is, is markedly improved. And, it, and it's a nice story to see. It, it's a school that everybody beats up on, especially mm -hmm. football-wise. When I say, I mean, they don't lose close games. I mean, they get blown out most. Most seasons, they win two games, yeah. three games, tops. Uh, to start a season 4-0, but they're going to start getting into the Big 12 meat of their schedule. they got Oklahoma coming up. Okay, yeah, uh, I think it's fiction, but it's one hell of a nice story. And They could start 5-0. they got yeah, Iowa State this right. week, but I don't think they win the conference. But, hell, for them to ever even play in a bowl game, <laughs> that's maybe that's Huge a factor of fiction yeah. maybe later on. Yeah, they haven't been good since the big guy left, Mangino. Right, he had them competitive there for that, you know, that, what, four or five years? Yeah, but they, 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 for the most part, over 100 years, this school yeah. has never been any good at football ever. It's just an afterthought to them. So yeah. They're I, a basketball know, school. It's yeah, a basketball no school. So I say fiction, but one hell of a story. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I also say it's fiction, but I agree with you. It's nice, you know, it gets real old. Alabama, Georgia, you know, right. Florida, Oklahoma. 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 It's always Ohio the State. same goddamn teams. And uh, it's nice when somebody that you don't expect uh, pops their head up a little bit in college football. Cincinnati last year, mm -hmm. I'm not saying Kansas is going to go on that run this year. It's just nice to see somebody else have success and catch a little catch a little sunshine for a little while. No, I don't think they're going to win the Big 12, but it's nice to have somebody else in that uh, in that division mm -hmm. making a little noise. So Yeah, I agree. It's fiction. I don't think they're going to – they're not at the class of an Oklahoma yet. But Baylor. Baylor, right. I mean, um, but like you said, if they make a bowl game, that's huge for that them and something to build on. This guy's in his third season as head coach. 
Um, as we talked about, well, we're going to talk about here in a minute, a uh, little tease here with Dion. Uh, it can't be easy to recruit to Manhattan, Kansas. Or where, no, they're, yeah, where, no, Manhattan, yeah, Kansas, Kansas. That's Kansas State. Yeah. Wherever the hell Kansas is located. Yeah. Um, I can, I can, I can I it's on the tell tip you. of my tongue. Yeah. I can't think of it. Um, it can't be easy to recruit there is the bottom yeah. line. And the fact that he even has them 4-0, Michael, like you said, is, is amazing. Yes. Great story, but it's not going to have that ultimate happy ending where they win the Big no. 12. They'll end up in a bowl game, which is fantastic. That would be but, great if they can keep it going win yeah. seven games. Exactly. I mean, which I think they can. Huge. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Staying on the college football thing, we got some good college football stuff. And I really like this one. Fact or fiction? As everybody at Pitt plays Georgia Tech Saturday night, they just fired their coach uh, yesterday. Uh, Jeff Collins couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Um, he's actually a bigger douche than some of the other coaches we've been talking about. Um, Dion, your boy, Tommy, prime time. Oh, man. Will be the next Georgia Tech coach. Fact wow. or fiction? I'm definitely taking this one first. Yeah. But before I – it's Lawrence, Kansas. Lawrence, Kansas. Why That's we could think you. of that. I know. Well, it's Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I it's not like we think about that. I know, but day. I hear you hear Lawrence, know, Kansas. Right, yeah. they, they, you For hear basketball. it so many times right. during the basketball season. Right. Uh, listen, Dion's my boy. I mean, there's at least probably half the people in my world that know me don't know my actual name. Mm-hmm. They call me PT for <laughs> softball because of Dion. Um, but uh, Dion is – what he's doing in college football is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, he, you know, he's the first sort of crossover celebrity kind of head coach mm-hmm. like that. Um, but what he's doing down there in uh, in at Jackson State is just it's remarkable. The, this the sunlight that you're talking right. about getting a little sunlight on a new program. What he's doing down there, the recruits he's getting down there, uh, the, the historically black colleges that he's getting, you know, ESPN games on, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I think Dion is loving being Dion, the head coach. <laughs> you know, he needs that he needs that light on him more than anybody else. Um, but no, I'm going to say fiction. I do not think he's going to go to Georgia Tech. Um, it makes sense. I think Georgia Tech would be crazy to not reach out to him. I mean, obviously Atlanta is where Georgia Tech is. Uh, you know, his Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Falcons frame. Uh, I think he instantly would start taking recruits away from Georgia, Alabama, other mm-hmm. schools down and around that area. But to me, if Dion is going to leave what he's built um, at Jackson State, I think this job that he's going to sit out there and wait for is Florida State is alma mater. Um, I might, I know Mike Norvell is doing a decent job so far, but like Michael said when we were talking off air, um, college football, you know, he's one loss away right. from being, you know, on. Um, so I think Dion has built something pretty great down there. I don't think he has to take any job anywhere. I think he'll wait for the right opportunity, and uh, I wouldn't. I, I think that uh, I think that's going to be fiction. Okay. Well, I was thinking about this while you were talking, Tom. And could Dion? Coach a game at Jackson State and take a helicopter to the Georgia Tech game and coach them. Is that is that possible? I mean, he did it in the NFL. Right, he right. did it in the in the baseball playoffs. Right. And then he poured champagne on Tim McCarver's head. Right. Um, Actually, it was a bucket of water. A bucket of water. I, I I gotta say, I would say fiction to to this one. Like Tommy said, I I don't know if this is the right fit for him. Um, I, you know, it, I'm not like he's, you, they, they'd be crazy not to reach out to a guy like this because Georgia Tech hasn't been able to get right. recruits, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's an instant recruiter as soon as he steps on campus. I just don't think this fit is for him, but we'll see. But I'm going to say fiction. I'm going to say fact. I think this is a great fit for him. I think this is the next step for him. 
Look, Tommy, you, you know better than anybody. Dion loves challenges. He loved to line up against the best wide receivers in football. I think he would love the challenge of taking a perennial doormat in the ACC, in the ACC his home conference, and make them the best. And then he can name his job after that. I mean, he can probably name his job now. But it's the perfect fit. Think about it. It's Atlanta, as you mentioned. right? He loves Atlanta. He's well-known. He's going to be able to recruit any kid he wants to Georgia Tech. Anybody. Any five-star. And, and that Atlanta area is a hotbed. But he'll be able to pick and choose. I mean, it's going to be an embarrassment of riches for him there. He instantly, if he becomes the head coach, if they name him head coach tomorrow, but next year, I think Georgia Tech becomes a favorite to win the ACC because of the recruits you'll bring in in the offseason. And the transfers. Let's not forget about that. The world we live in, the transfers. And I think he takes Georgia Tech to the top, and then he can go Florida State, then he can, wherever he wants at that point. But then he checks off Jackson State and everything he's done there, which has been remarkable. Then he says, okay, ACC champion at Georgia Tech. Who I mean, let's pay Georgia Tech. Um and then what's next for him? So I, I think I've heard that Georgia Tech is definitely going to contact him. If they can agree to terms and for exactly what he wants, which I would give him whatever he wants, I think it'll happen. Here, here's my rebuttal to that, Mark. And, and if you if you yeah. think about Division One, I'd love to coaches, see it. Right? Yeah. And you see NFL coaches. Mm-hmm. How many Hall of Fame players are coaches? That's the difference when you these guys don't have the patience because they can do things that most of these right. kids can't do. Right. And I think I don't know if he has the patience to build something. Now, like you said, the college landscape we live in now, you can instantaneously yes. he'll get whoever he wants. I, I just don't think it. it I don't His think son could come with them. That recruit they got this year, the top the number one recruit in the country. He'll come. I mean, it's going to be great. Like players I said. don't typically take on those kind of challenges. And I, and I didn't say this in my in my when I said fiction, but I will I will quote Dion from his draft day, much like when Green Bay said that they were going to draft him. He, I think if Georgia Tech calls, he will tell them, "I I'm going to ask for so much money, you're going to have to put me on layaway." <laughs> Which is still maybe that or when the Giants called to have, they wanted him to come in. He goes, "When do you when do you pick?" And the Giants said tenth. He goes, "I'll be gone by then. I ain't going to see you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let me throw this out there. Just I was just thinking about this while you were talking. Is the job that would interest him the most when his boy Nick Saban retires mm. in a couple years? Could he come in and take mm. over the job at Alabama? Much to what we were talking about again off air. Head coaches in football mm-hmm. are they really head coaches or are they just kind Figure of CEOs? Yeah, I right. mean, look at the look at the who's who of offensive and defensive coordinators mm-hmm. that Alabama's had over the years. Mm-hmm. You already take over the number one program. He can recruit better than anybody in the country. Maybe that's the job that Dion winds up taking over because Nick Saban right. ain't getting. Interesting to think about. I'd love to see him at Georgia Tech though, because as, as an ACC guy, as an ACC no guy, question. I'd love to see him at the ACC. No question, it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, no question. All right, switching gears to hockey. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to get to hockey as we get closer to, to the season. Uh, but for now, fact or fiction, we saw a fight in the Penguins-Blue Jackets preseason game. Dude was knocked silly. Um, fact or fiction, hockey should ban fighting. Tommy? Well, ironically enough, that was the kids' game. Was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, kids Michael, got a treat you there. I know this, but the Penguins have one preseason game every year where they invite kids and they give them for free. So the arena is literally full of 17,000 
probably 14,000 yeah, yeah, right. yeah. and the dude got knocked out. But I mean, you know, I mean, I would say fiction only because they've already pretty much eliminated yeah. it. Um, as much as I loved, you know, back in the day where the, you know, every team had a knucklehead and they would come out in the first couple of minutes and fight and everybody would go crazy. And it, when you're watching it live, get your blood rushing. It's yeah. just, it's just your human nature. Um, but most of that stuff's gone. The fighting that does happen is so, I think the Penguins, if I'm not mistaken, had like 12 or 13 fighting majors in 82 games yeah. last year. So, um, most teams don't have that sort of knucklehead on their team anymore. If it's a fight happens, it's usually in a response to something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody, you know, taking out your big guy, you know, someone running Crosby, mm-hmm. someone comes over to protect themselves. So, I mean, I think there needs to be a small element of it just to protect because it is such a physical, um, you know, spirited game. So I'm going to say fiction that it doesn't need to be completely outlawed because I think the stuff that needed to be outlawed is already gone. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see as much fighting in hockey. I don't watch a ton of hockey games, but when you would watch SportsCenter back in the 80s and the 90s, they would show fight after fight after fight. Right. You don't see that anymore. Now the guy that got knocked out for the Blue Jackets, yeah, they he may his hands up. Right, right. He I may mean, want to think not, I mean, does he know how to defend himself? Right. That's not my problem. Right. I mean, you know, you got knocked shit simple. <laughs> I mean, that's on you, brother. I mean, I don't, I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think? The guy wasn't going to throw a punch? I mean, I don't know. Um, no, I, I think it's fiction that they've done. They, they with all sports, we we've seen a lot of the stuff we grew up with is gone. The NFLs changed the rules of hitting. Um, you know, basketball. I mean, if you look at the '80s basketball, I mean, you've seen guys getting clothesline in midair. You've seen punches thrown all the time. I mean, if a guy just gets in a guy's face now, he gets a double technical and gets thrown out. So hockey's done a pretty good job of eliminating yep. most of the most of the major stuff. No, I think I agree with both of you. I think we're we're seeing fights down, and I think that's a result of the, the number of cheap shots in hockey. They're legislating away the cheap shots, and I think that's where they need to focus. Don't worry about fighting. If you take away the cheap shots, like you said, Tommy, most of the fights come after the cheap shots. Right, and then you come to your player's defense. If you continue to do what you can to legislate away the cheap shots, the fighting will go along with it. So I, I don't think you have to specifically focus on the fighting. Worry about the cheap shots that still drive me crazy in hockey. The shots from behind. Uh, what's his name that we saw this, the, past, the past playoff season um, for the Rangers? The Jacob Truba. Jacob Truba. Thank you, uh, who took out Crosby, and then he was every every series he was taking somebody out. That's the kind of shit that needs to go away. And hockey, and that's what they need to focus on. Don't worry about fighting. All right, another show in the books. Wow. Uh, any closing thoughts uh, before yeah. we no, uh, sign off? Time. All right. Uh-oh. I've been Uh-oh. stewing on this show. Uh oh. I don't even have a teaser on what this may be. Listen, All right, here we go. I don't know about you guys. I have nothing against Aaron Judge. Really good baseball. Oh, I should have known. I should have oh, known. Yeah. He's having a great year, right? Oh, it, phenomenal year. It's a great year. Best Aaron, year we've seen in a long time. That's true. Offense yeah, is because yeah. offense is down. They're trying to make it sound like he's having one of the all-time best seasons ever. Okay? Buster Olney. Buster Olney said it's the greatest season ever for a hitter. Well, yeah, I, would, it's, I it's wouldn't a, go it's that a completely far. It's a top ten. It's probably a top I think, ten. Yeah. And Bonds has the first five. I was going to say, if you take out somebody who I know he's going to say. <laughs> yeah. Every time, it doesn't matter what channel I'm watching, i got to watch this asshole back. Yeah. It's only number 61 he's trying to hit. Right. He's trying to break Maris's right, record, right. which is great. Okay? And everybody, well, what was the greatest season? Everybody wants to talk about Bonds' 2001 right. season with the 73 home runs. Right? right. 
Bond, the best year in baseball ever for a hitter was Bond's 2004 season. He had 45 homers, only drove in 101 runs. He had 232 walks. 75 of them were intentional. He hit 362. You know what his on-base percentage was? 609. <laughs> 609. That was his on-base percentage. That's the greatest season in baseball history offensively. So Aaron Judge, great year. Right. You're not even in Bonds' as top four. Right. But, I mean, you're somewhere in the top ten, but every time I'm watching something, i got to watch you hit. Right, right. yeah. So let's, let's – I like it. Let's – Temper that on Aaron Judge, please. Michael's coming with it this week. And also, to your point, you know, the, what's the next thing you hear? Well, bond, Aaron Judge is doing it clean. clean. Bonds is he? Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> right. I don't see many people walking around that look like Aaron Judge. <laughs> and there sure shit ain't many of them in baseball that look like him. I ain't, I'm not – I'm no. absolutely – we at the ABC Sports program <laughs> right. are, are not saying Same anything way. negative. I'm just saying. I mean – We don't know. We don't know. No, so quit saying you know that he's doing it a right. certain way because we don't know. Uh, I don't really have anything sports related, but I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to this, but we just took anywhere from a Pepsi machine to a Coke to a Coke truck and shot it seven million miles <laughs> across the earth, across the galaxy, and hit a moving asteroid. Where did that Where did that start? Is it as simple as we were somebody that's a, 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 a rocket science was sitting at home on a Saturday night. They just ordered a pizza in. They're sitting down with Mrs. Rocket Scientist on the couch. And a bald-headed guy named Bruce Willis came on TV. And he right. saved the world in Armageddon in the right. movie because we shot something at an asteroid and knocked it away. And the guy goes... I think I could do that. I think we could do that for real. I mean, I couldn't fold up a pa- I couldn't fold up a piece of paper right now and throw it out that door without hitting the side of it. But we took a but we took a we took a coke machine and shot it seven million miles across the across the galaxy to knock an asteroid off. That's unbelievable. That's, that's unbelievable. I don't think that, I don't think that gets enough play. I mean, I know. It all depends on if Justin Herbert is is healthy this week and what's happening with me. I know that's what really matters in this town, but that's pretty goddamn impressive. Tommy got so excited, he sounded like Tim Kirchner. Yeah, that's pretty goddamn impressive that we did that. And hey, I, we bring it to you all on ABC. But I mean, I just think sports. maybe that should get a, maybe that should get a little bit little more science. Yeah, and, you know, the best part is is that people are complaining this morning was. There was no video of the explosion, so so did it really did happen? It really happen? Like with Aaron Judge? Yeah. Is he really so clean? The guy who was watching the Armageddon movie didn't think that. Hey, we need to put a trail cam behind this. So right. when the first one explodes, we've got another camera so we can prove to Joe in right. West Virginia in a trailer that has two wheels on it that hey, that really happened. No, it's not a farce. So you know, whatever. I just thought that was. Pretty goddamn neat that we did that this week, and you know, okay. Hey, we got to give a shout out to our boy before we head off air. We're heading where are we heading this weekend. Oh yes, come on, that's yes. how we're. So uh, three off. of us and my son Austin are heading to Akron to watch Akron's home opener. Well, not their home opener, their, their conference their opener against Bowling Green. Uh, Joe's team is a work in progress, <laughs> as he's yes. put it. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week they were competitive against. Uh, Liberty, Liberty, yeah, Liberty. 21-12, So we're hoping we can bring them a little luck this week, and then they can pull out a conference win, which they haven't had in three years. Right. 
So I work excited. Good luck for to that Joe and the rest of the Akron Zips. And with that, we're going to sign off for this week. Thanks everybody for listening. By the way, before we sign off, we still have the helmet giveaway. And a huge shout out this week. We had a couple people actually follow the instructions on what we're asking for. It's not very complicated, so listen up. We have Yinzerific. Thank you, Yinzerific, uh, for following us. Um, we hope you enjoyed the show. So huge shout out uh, to Yinzerific and to also Pittsburgh Sports Trivia. Yes. Uh, appreciate you both. Thank you for listening again. Uh, we're going to do one more week for everybody else. It's very simple. Follow our page on Twitter, ABC on Pittsburgh Sports, ABC Pittsburgh Sports. It's out there. Just search it. You can find it. Like the page. Follow us. Comment on what one thing you liked or didn't like about this week's show. And then copy in somebody else who you think will like the show. It's that simple. Follow us. Comment. And then tag somebody else in. And we want to build our following. I'm not saying if you say in your comments that you like me more than Michael, you'll get extra credit, but maybe <laughs> you never know. Something in could it. win the you helmet. Could. That you could win the helmet. So one more week. That's it. This is your last chance. We're going to post it as such. Last chance to win it. Yinzerific, um, uh, Pittsburgh Sports Trivia. Thank you again. We really appreciate it. We're looking for some more this week. But for now, that'll do it. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Take care and hail to pit.